0: This is The Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Jeff Harridan. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, Bob. Thank you. You bet. Uh, Jeff Harridan is president and CEO of Mohawk Honda, a big car dealership now headquartered in Glenville, New York, between Freeman's Bridge Road and Route 50. Yes, I know this is The Historian's Podcast, but everything has a history, including the history of, of selling cars. Jeff Harridan is third generation at Mohawk Honda. His uh, daughter, uh, Lindsay, and other members of the family are the fourth generation to uh, of the family to operate this car dealership, which is 100 years old, founded in 1919. Who started the business?:
1: um, My grandfather Joseph Harridan, um, actually was a uh, uh, engineering uh, student at MIT and uh, when he graduated, he was hired by Thomas Edison in Schenectady.
0: I read that in, uh, in some old newspaper clippings. So I almost had the impression that he worked. Oh, you said he, he was hired by Thomas Edison. Uh, so he worked at GE and then decided to go into this uh, the car business?
1: Um, yeah, I think he was, uh, being an engineer, he was uh, fascinated by uh, the horseless carriage coming to town. Um, just like we're kind of either fascinated or scared uh, with the autonomous uh, car coming to town. Uh, down the road here in our in our uh, car business.
0: Right. Uh, and, I, I, in fact, that's the one point that I think is worth repeating or emphasizing. Uh, in 1919, the automobile was really something, and it attracted the attention of the best and the brightest like your grandfather.
1: Yes. Yeah, back in those days, um, Schenectady was a, a bustling community, but unfortunately, it was it was dirt roads, it was slow transportation, it was uh, horse and buggy, it was trains, uh, it was probably some bicycles, and um, when they saw this, this was just the absolute evolution of transportation, and I think um, people, like engineers and stuff, wanted to be a part of it.
0: So he opened the car dealership, and where was it uh, located?
1: Uh, it was located at 740 State Street in Schenectady, uh, where our... our uh, current uh, Mohawk Auto Center is is still located.
0: What do you do there now at the State Street location?
1: Um, State State Street location, Mohawk Auto Center uh, sells just uh, strictly uh, used cars.
0: When he opened it, it was a Chevrolet dealership, right?
1: Uh, Yes, it was. It was Chevrolet. And um, over time, he had a couple other manufacturers that didn't make it. Uh, He had Scripps Booth, and Moon and a couple other ones that were <laughs> really? short-lived. Maybe
0: I'll stop on those for a moment. Do uh, you know anything more about them? Scripps? I don't think I've ever heard of Scripps Booth as a brand of car.
1: Um, I believe some of them were made uh, locally around New York State and um, you know, didn't last very long. They, they didn't uh, last like Chevrolet did. They didn't have uh, you know, quite the, uh, the money behind them and the brains and power behind them like Ford and some of the other people that were, were back there in those days, Dodge Brothers.
0: Mm-hmm. And what about Moon?
1: Um I really don't know too much about that one either other than you know I've seen it on like letterhead from you know the old old days like in uh clippings from the gazette.
0: Now Chevrolet though was a winner. I looked at, there was a piece they did in the in the gazette I believe uh to mark the 20th anniversary uh Mohawk Chevrolet as it was called and they reported that uh your grandfather and his employees sold 120 cars in their first year, and by 1938, they'd estimated they had sold 13,000 cars and trucks and about half as many used cars. So, as you went through the 1920s and even into the depression years of the 1930s, the car business looks like it was booming.
1: Uh, It it was definitely booming. There there wasn't a lot of competition. Um, there, There wasn't a lot of car dealerships, uh, right now, there's everyone's pretty much over-dealered. I think Chevrolet probably uh, had an Albany location and, and a Scanty location. Uh, GE had their huge population as well as uh, Alco, so there were a lot of lot of uh, people that were eligible to buy cars. Um, they also, back in those days, um, they did a lot of just in-house financing, where you know, on a handshake, they would uh, give someone a car and uh, would get. Uh, you know, payments on and, a and, uh, uh, weekly or monthly basis, and maybe they got uh, some eggs or bread or something to go along with it as interest. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was definitely a whole different way, and uh, the, the numbers that were done in, in, uh, in those days were amazing compared to, to today's statistics.
0: Also, this article from 1938 noted that in 1919, most of the cars that were sold at uh, Mohawk uh, Chevrolet were what they called open cars. You know I think I know what I mean. do you know what I mean?
1: Uh, yeah, it would be uh, more like like a convertible base instead of a hard top,
0: yeah, and no. but that was reversed by nineteen thirty eight I mean they didn't sell as many open cars,
1: well, you know, I think the other thing too which which I'd heard over time was that during the winter time, uh they would take those cars off the road because uh, the roads were so terrible, and uh, between the snow and the ice we got back then that uh they weren't very dependable, so that's probably why they were open and they were only used more so in in the nice weather around the Northeast.
0: Did you have the opportunity to know your grandfather?
1: Um, My grandfather passed when I was uh, five, so any memories I do have were probably memories from my dad more so than really Mm face-to-face.
0: And maybe I'll interject now. Your father was uh, Joseph Herodin, Jr., and he was commonly known as Buzz? Exactly. And it, it sounded like he... Um, I saw some a clip after World War II. I believe your father served in the Korean War, didn't he? Or yes. Th- yeah, in that he was, era. He
1: was uh, uh, in the Navy, uh, a Navy corpsman in the Korean War.
0: Mm-hmm. So there was this um, event the Schenectady Auto Dealers put on, and there was a Joseph Herodin in the picture. I presume then that would have been your grandfather in the late 40s still as the, the head of um, Mohawk Chevrolet. Yes. That's another thing I thought was interesting about cars and selling cars. There were these organizations, like the Car Dealers Association. I mean, they still have something like that? I mean, you you sit down and break bread with, I don't know, Jim Morrell or other yeah. car dealers and so on?
1: Well, it's, it's funny that you say that. Um, my grandfather was um, a actual chairman of the New York State Auto Dealers, um, and, I, and I myself am uh, now a past chairman of the New York State Auto Dealers, um, uh, right, right now, the New York State auto dealers are about 1,200 uh, dealer organization for all over New York State, including um, Manhattan and Long Island. And uh, I was also uh, part of the Scanty New Car Dealers while they were still operating, you know, as well as as my grandfather was. And that was merged into uh, Any Car, which is called, which is stands for um, Eastern New York Auto uh, Eastern New York uh, Auto Coalition. Which okay. Basically, from um, Plattsburgh to Poughkeepsie. And I've been uh, a chairman of of that association two different times and and I'm still on the board after uh, about 30 years with them.
0: So I wasn't, you know, aware of that. So these uh, organizations of car dealers still exist. They still serve a purpose. What is the purpose?
1: Um, The the purpose uh, has an an awful lot to do with uh, politics and and, uh, regulations and things that affect the dealer. Um, We have a very good relationship with the governor and um, and, and uh, deal directly on a, a monthly basis with uh, the governor and the governor's office, as well as uh, Motor Vehicle and all the different departments uh, throughout New York State and also uh, the country.
0: Do they still do, I know they do like maybe on a national level, but do they still have auto shows, like in malls and things like that?
1: Um, auto shows are, are becoming less and less as the Internet has been, has been taking over um, as far as being able to see and, do pretty much everything but, uh, touch and feel and drive a car. Um, we have the Detroit auto show coming up, uh, this month. The LA auto show is very big. Uh, the New York uh, auto show is still very big. Um, we also have a national auto dealers, uh, national auto dealers, which represents every dealer in, in uh, the United States. And we actually have a convention coming up at the end of the month in San Francisco where we're all going to get together.
0: Hmm. An opportunity to view your uh, father's obituary. He died, um, in, 19, in 2013, I believe, and uh, lived up on, uh, much of the time, up on Lake George, and sounds like he had a, a very active kind of sports life, like to uh, golf, love the uh, lake, and so forth. But one of the, in terms of the business, uh, it, it even stated in his obituary uh, that he did shift the family dealership in 1971 to Honda. Um, why did he do that?
1: Back in, in the... In those days, the, um, the big three cars were very big. They were very clunky. Uh, the quality was very poor. The gas mileage was very poor. His friend Kevin Langan uh, took on Volkswagen and the Volkswagen uh, Bug, and he got to see uh, his friends doing very well with different imports, Datsun, Toyota, uh, Volkswagen. And his, uh, one of his past Chevy reps became a rep for Honda, and he knew all the different Chevy dealers in, in uh, New England, so he Travel to each chevy store first and offered the honda franchise to the the chevrolet dealers my dad pretty much says said i don't care what this honda car looks like or what it is i'll take it you know i I just i need to have an import i need to be diversified i'd like to have something you know up and coming like these other imports
0: it was dated uh, as the change in 71 but did they keep selling Chevrolets, or i get that impression from some of the ads i've seen from the papers of that era
1: yeah, we had a little um, in our Chevrolet showroom. We had a little side annex that would have uh, one or two of these Honda six hundreds on the showroom floor. And um, during that time, people would come in. It had a motorcycle engine, and people were just kind of like, you know, you know, what is this thing? We, we didn't really sell that many of them. Mm-hmm. And then when we had the uh, the oil embargo in uh, '73, um, we we received the new Civic, which was getting forty or fifty miles to the gallon, and and people a little light bulb went off, and they they understood you know, what this car was. And we became to a point where we had probably a, a year or two long waiting list for someone to be able to buy one.
0: Hmm. And uh, we're uh, speaking with Jeff Harriton, president and CEO of Mohawk Honda, now uh, headquartered in, in Glenville. Uh, obviously, there's been certain backlash against foreign cars over the, over the years. Uh, would you agree?
1: Um, Yes, we went through that for quite a while, and um, it was pretty much just uh, bitterness, I think, from uh, the big three not wanting to to face this competition. So um, Honda, luckily being one of the smarter uh, imports, decided right away in in the the early 80s to uh, build a manufacturing plant and start making the cars where they sold them, which uh, the first manufacturing plant was in Marysville, Ohio. And... um, since those days, all of the imports have have put uh, auto plants in um, all over North America. To the point where, actually, right now, we probably have more um, North American content in, in our import cars than the so called domestic cars have in their cars. Um, you know, being parts being sourced from all over the world. Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, um, the the cars that are said to be American, they, they have plants in what Mexico, other uh, right. other countries.
1: Yep. Canada Mexico um and obviously United States would be North America but then um you know uh, the big three has plants you know in Europe and China and different places you know where they you know do some pretty good volume China right now is the is the biggest um, volume uh country, country in the world which obviously we're having a little struggle with right now but they um they're really uh, big on electric vehicles and um Honda and Toyota and, and a bunch of uh, those manufacturers also are building those cars in China for the Chinese, and they're building them also as, as they want them, not as, you know, China builds them for the world.
0: Was there ever any doubt that you, Jeff Harrigan, would go to work in the family business?
1: Um, I would say not. I really liked uh, the lifestyle that my father led. I really liked um, the new cars in the garage. I really liked driving my parents' cars, Um, I started out, uh, during high school, uh, cleaning cars during the summer. And also, uh, in high school uh, at nights, I would go down to the dealership and, and clean cars to be a part of it. Hmm.
0: So in a sense, you kind of worked your way up to the ladder or in different jobs at the dealership?
1: Um, yeah, I've done, I've done every job over time, including, you know, cleaning bathrooms and, um, uh, picking up papers and cleaning windows and, uh, Basically, doing anything
0: that was needed to be done. We're talking with Jeff Herodan, who is president of Mohawk Honda, a major uh, car dealership. We're talking about the history of selling cars. Uh, Mohawk Honda, or the the family car dealership, uh, started by the Herodan family, has been in operation since 1919. More in just a moment here on the Historians Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. We're into 2019 now, and we're working on a new GoFundMe campaign. Don't have the coordinates for you right now, but you can find it on uh, my website, bobcudmore.com. If you'd like to make an early donation, uh, we'll be announcing the uh, goal and so forth as we get further into uh, 2019. But just keep in mind that your contribution has uh, helped the Historians Podcast stay on the internet and to some extent stay on the air uh, since uh, 2014. So thank you for your support, and we hope your support can continue in the future. Jeff Harridan joins us. He is president and CEO of Mohawk Honda. They're uh, headquartered in uh, Glenville. Uh, You are talking about the transition uh, to, uh, quote-unquote, foreign cars. I mean, I almost hate to say it, but it seems that Germany and Japan showed Americans who taught them how to make cars how to make better cars. Uh, Like today, and not just the brand you sell, but aren't most cars today much better running than they were, let's say, 20, 25 years ago?
1: Uh, Yeah, the quality of the cars have come an awful long way. Um, J.D. Power has done a, a, a survey and study every year for probably the last 20 years that, that uh, ranks the different uh, cars by their, their quality index. And um, most, most uh, manufacturers and, and most uh, buyers really take a strong look at that before they buy a car. Um, going back to uh, the early days with, with Honda, we used to have uh, the, the GE engineers from downtown Schenectady would always be on the walk and doing stuff at lunch, and we would normally have two or three that would uh, come into the showroom and would come in with their uh, slide rules and tape measures, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. would actually get underneath cars, would would get under the hood, would uh, look over the different Hondas, and they were just uh, totally blown away by, you know, the engineering quality and, and the engineering that was coming from Japan in those days.
0: Mm-hmm. People who sell automobiles or, or trucks maybe don't have the best reputation. They they have to um, they have to sell. I I guess the line that keeps that comes to me that sort of describes that is what can we do to get you into that car today? I mean, it's all well and good to chit chat, but eventually you've got to get somebody to buy.
1: Well, right now with social media and the internet, um, if you don't have very strong, uh, ratings, dealer ratings and, um, word of mouth, uh, you could be out of business probably in a week. Um, you know, the days of, of, uh, you know, treating, treating women like uh, they were just there with the man to, to take a look at what's going on. Um, you know, now, uh, the salespeople are, are basically looking more at the woman because they know the woman is going to be more of the deciding factor than ever before. And they certainly don't want to ever you know, think that uh, or discriminate, thinking that it's just a man's world of buying a car. Um, also, millennials um, have a whole different total aspect about a, a car and purchasing a car than they used to in the old days. Um, there's just so much information out there that you know you could you could totally be destroyed in in uh, 48 hours if you weren't um, totally taking care of the customers and totally doing the right thing.
0: Mm. Well, a couple of points I would say at your dealership, which I have dealt with over the years, the a large percentage of the sales force are
1: women. Yeah, we um, we constantly try and get as many women into the store as possible, whether it's um, sales or service advisor or any any facing um, employee. Um, women absolutely love uh, dealing with other women. Uh, women do a really great job um, with process. Where a lot of men just like to sell a car and move on. Women, you know, make sure that it goes from point A to point B and everything is perfect. Um, it, it takes quite a while to convince a, a, a woman that that they can uh, sell cars and can live on commission. But we uh, we would probably have 50-50 if we if we could uh, could get there, and we're definitely striving for that.
0: Because I end up reading a lot of obituaries, and this didn't have anything to do with your dealership, but I happened to see one not that long ago talking about a man who died who had been a car salesman, and is that still the case? I I remember when my father bought cars, and I think at some point he bought a Chevrolet from Mohawk Chevrolet, but he always bought Chevrolets years ago, and he had a salesman you know, the same salesman that he had like 10, 20 years ago, you know, would he'd keep, people would develop a relationship with their customers. Is that still the case?
1: Um, It's still a case, but unfortunately there's a lot of turnover. So, um, you know, the person shows up to find that that, that, uh, salesperson and find out that he's gone and then they've got to try and hunt him down or find him at another store. Um, You know, we try and keep our people, you know, happy and in the same place as as long as possible, if not forever. Um, We have a couple guys that are uh, 20 and 25 year, you know, sales veterans who still have, you know, that same, same group coming in and their, their family and their kids. But uh, yeah, it's uh, with, with turnover and stuff, it could be a problem, but uh, usually if they do get a good relationship and and feel comfortable with a salesperson, they they continue to stay there.
0: You mentioned millennials. I hear that millennials, some, many of them don't want to buy a car.
1: Right, and that's that's kind of where, the, you know, all this Lyft and Uber and stuff have come in and uh, probably the future um, down the road as far as uh, whether or not people buy or not or whether, you know, they're just going to dial it up on their phone and have a car show up. Hmm. Yeah,
0: I, I I do enjoy that Uber service. I've only used it once up here, but I've used it when, when we've been on vacation. And also... I don't think it was Honda, but some car manufacturers don't make what I would consider a car. I mean, they make SUVs, they make trucks.
1: Right. Um, it, it switched uh, over the years from sixty uh, percent cars and forty percent trucks and SUVs to now it is uh, the the opposite in the other direction, where sixty percent SUVs and trucks and forty percent. Or less cars, and it's going down over time. A lot of the manufacturers have dropped, you know, their whole car portfolio, hmm. especially the domestics.
0: Honda hasn't, though, right? You still sell the Accord and the Civic. It, or?
1: Yeah, the Accord and Civic have always been our bread and butter, and it's something that I don't think Honda will ever stop selling. And they kind of feel now, with you know, with uh, Ford, Chrysler, and, and General Motors, you know, getting out of the car business is just going to open up more opportunity for them as well as uh, Toyota and Nissan are also staying in, in the game. Do you
0: have a sports car?
1: We have a, what's called a Civic Type R. Uh, the Type R was originally only produced over in Japan and, and uh, Europe, mm-hmm. and we finally uh, uh, got Honda to uh, start selling them over here in 2017.
0: Well, and I've held off, practically the end of the show here, but uh, I it seems to me people buy cars for different reasons. My reason? Your location. I live within half a mile of Mohawk Honda. So I have <laughs> I the when there was another Chevrolet dealer before you guys took it, I had a Chevrolet from them and since you've moved in, I've been leasing CRVs. I think I'm, this year I'll be going in for my fourth car and that's that's really my motivation as my sweetie will tell you, you know, he doesn't care who's down there as long as, you know, they sell cars and they're they're reasonably good. Um do, 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 I don't know. Does that seem like an odd motivation to you?
1: Um, that's, that's normally the first choice, and um, depending on how, on how the person is treated once they come into the showroom and, and if they're considered to be part of uh, the dealership family um, and, and very well taken care of and have a good relationship, um, normally that will stay. Um, back when we um, were over in Schenectady, we only sold probably uh, five or so cars into Glenville, and now that we have moved into Glenville and we've been embraced by the community, we probably sell 30 to 40 cars a month um, into Glenville.
0: It seems to me that the model I drive, the the CRV, which is a like an SUV, it is sort of an SUV. Or you can tell me the difference. Is that your most popular sale?
1: Um, yes, the CRV uh, by far is the most uh, popular and uh, the, the largest volume we do. And, of course, um, a lot of times, though, it, it, it uh, is based on what the, what the lease incentives are. Yeah.
0: Also, it seems to me, and again, this doesn't just apply to Mohawk Honda, but you do this very well. You've made even the service experience show business. I actually enjoy going there. You know, because I usually don't even make an appointment. You just drive up to this heated garage, you drive in, and you have an appointment? Well, no, no. And especially since I can go home or I can leave it, it doesn't bother me. And then you go inside the, the showroom and you've got pastries and you've got coffee. Sometimes you even have music. I mean, I guess it's always been the case, but selling anything, maybe specifically selling cars, is part of show business.
1: Well, I spent a lot of time myself um, in the service department and as a service advisor back in the old days. And I I really hated the whole experience for the customer as well as for ourselves. So when Honda um, came out with a new image facility, you know, they wanted us to have, I think, one entrance stall. And we decided to do three because we, we hoped with the volume and we also hoped with being able to get the customers, you know, inside the building out of the elements, it would be a much better experience. And we also, you know, have a lot of competition from the different, uh, you know, Jiffy Lubes and different companies that, you know, that offer quick services and things. And we, we feel if we can just make it a better experience, you know, offer a, one, a one, uh, one-stop shop with having tires and, and whatever anyone could possibly need in the one place, as well as making them really comfortable when they, when they are waiting for the vehicles, you know, we, we figure that that's going to definitely be a, a winning proposition
0: Jeff Harridan has uh, joined us. We just have a couple of minutes left. He's president and CEO of Mohawk Honda, now headquartered in uh, Glenville, uh, New York. You still have the uh, place in Schenectady. I think you said for used cars primarily.
1: Yes, Mohawk Auto Center.
0: Okay, and you also have a collision center in Glenville. So if you've expanded in in Glenville. Uh, I think you've re- leased land or bought land near the airport to store cars. And this is your 100th year. Let me give you an opportunity to talk about some of the things you're doing about that. You're offering a hundred thousand dollars to ten local charities. Yes, we are. I've got a list of them here. Vanderhyden Hall. Uh, City Mission of uh, Schenectady, Special Olympics, uh, the Ronald McDonald House, Boys and Girls Clubs of Schenectady, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the Autism Society, uh, American Suicide Prevention Foundation, and Equinox of Albany. you have also going to have, what was it, uh, your 200 employees doing uh, 10,000 volunteer hours uh, of work?
1: Yes. Um, Yeah, part part of part of uh you know giving the money to the the uh different charities is wonderful but um the charities really like like it when um they can get uh, volunteers to help them with their different um benefits and different things that they do in the community um so that that is really key with the hours with the employees getting the employees really invested in in uh, what we're doing in in the community um the community has been really good to us and you know, over the hundred years. And we really, uh, want to make sure that we give back in a big way, um, this year to thank them.
0: Mm-hmm. And your brother, Steve Harridan, a vice president of Mohawk Honda is going to compete in, um, what is he competing in? I've got, to, I'm not sure I quite grasped that.
1: Um, in the lymphoma society, they have, uh, the, the, uh, man and woman of the year. So each, each, uh, man and woman, um, looks to raise as much money as possible, and wh- whoever raises the most money would will become the man and uh, woman of the year for for the Lymphoma Society.
0: Ah, so if, if he does that, he'll be named the man of the year.
1: Right. And, and as a side note, my mom passed away early, um, about 30 years ago, from uh, lymphoma, so it's definitely really um, something that, that our family is really uh, concerned about and really uh, glad to be involved with.
0: And you have a fourth generation that's coming along,
1: right? Yes, I have, I have five children, um, and Steve has uh, twin boys. And then we also have our um, two sisters both have, uh, have kids also. Uh, Melissa has one daughter. Lindy has uh, two daughters. And uh, I have uh, three boys and two girls.
0: So there may be—and let me ask you, what, what is the ethnicity, if you will, of Harridan?
1: I believe we're mostly uh, English and Irish between uh, the families and a little bit of Scottish.
0: I mean, it's not a name you hear every day. No. Well, either's Cudmore, so what can I say? Jeff Herodin, it's been a pleasure uh, talking with you on the Historian's Podcast. He's president and CEO of Mohawk Honda, now headquartered in Glenville, New York. Congratulations on the 100th anniversary of your, of your family business.
1: Thank you very much, Bob, and also thank you, too, for being a customer. Okay.
0: You've been listening to The Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore.